we all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hi, I'm Juliet, and welcome to Finding Faith. Among other things, I'm the author of Leaving Church, Finding Faith, and I am here in this space chatting with you about the book and other things that may bubble up when we are talking about matters of faith and life and how those two things intersect. Because if you are at all like me, they always intersect. So welcome back, friends. I'm occasionally, I like to timestamp these episodes so that you understand the context from which I might be speaking. Today, as I record this, we are still dealing with a seemingly out-of-control pandemic, and we are just days away from a contentious, that's a small word for a big thing, uh, impassioned election here in the U.S. The news media is popping, social media is on fire, California is still burning, flu season has started, I think we had snow today, and much anxiety is floating about. Conversations among friends and frenemies are, well, intense. It's, it's fair to say that some of us are learning who our actual friends are, because there are friends, and then there are people that we know. There is a seemingly wide gulf between those two positions. I needed to do a status check, and and maybe you do too. So we make assumptions all the time about the people we know. We consider them friends until they say or do something that surprises us, and then we have to rewrite our entire script on them. So writing a script on someone, if, if that phrase is unfamiliar, is putting someone else in a box of your creation, making assumptions about that person's life, their belief system, their lifestyle, based on the fact that you find yourself in the same space with them at any given time. Proximity may be the last hiding place. So confession time. I have done this. I have made assumptions about people. I do it less and less now, not because of some special training I've had, but mostly because of the ongoing experience of being surprised by people, being surprised by some of the people I know or, or thought I knew. Maybe, maybe we've worked together. Maybe we attended church together when I, w- when I was attending church. Maybe we went to school together. Maybe we are family. In each of those instances, I've had times where I've been stunned into a gaped mouth, wide open, wow emoji face. 
I would bet good money that some of the people who know me from those same spaces would also have the same wow emoji face reaction towards me once they've heard something I've said or written about or posted on social media because there is knowing a person and then there is being their friend. So last episode was about being faithful to who you are. Skip back to hear more about that. Part of my journey of being faithful to who I am has been challenging myself to live true to who I am, live true to what I know and what I know about myself. And what I know about my life is through the lens of all of my life experience as a Black woman, as a Black wife, as a Black mother, as a, as a middle-class Black professional in this U.S. of A. It's, it's that middle-class part that is, is of particular interest here. As such, I am in integrated spaces more often than not. In many instances, I am the reason that the space is integrated. So we all make assumptions. We make assumptions about appearance. We make assumptions about education. We make assumptions about class. We make assumptions about the people with whom we find ourselves sharing space. Proximity breeds assumptions. We should just all stop doing that. Just stop. So in addition to all of those labels that I mentioned earlier, I need to add the label of a person of faith who regularly connects with other humans who haven't experienced life in the same way that I have. They have lived lives surrounded by sameness rather than difference. They've not had the opportunity of having their assumptions challenged. Think about that for a second. If, if you have lived your entire life having never encountered people of a different race or a different culture unless it was on television, it's a very binary existence, limiting in some ways, especially limiting because in, in environments like that, the pressure to conform is probably strong. And me, I've always lived in integrated spaces. I've always gone to integrated schools, worked in integrated workplaces, haven't always attended integrated churches, but for the majority of my church going life, I did. And for the majority of my living my faith out loud life, I was doing that in integrated spaces. And many of the people I know have just discovered that I am a black person having a black experience in these integrated spaces. And as a black person of faith, I struggle with remaining faithful in the face of outright hostility to that mask of homogeneity being ripped off. Lately, I've been blowing up a lot of assumptions. What do you mean you don't think like me. You lived next door. You lived down the street. Your office is right across from mine. We sat in the same pew. We took the same classes. We went to the same parties. We hung out. Surprise. Unlike any other time in my life, I am feeling pressured, burdened even, to live as authentically as possible. And for me, one who 
values authenticity above all else, one whose mission in life is to amplify, illuminate, and embrace the sacred journey toward truth and wholeness in myself and others, this means to not just live my faith out loud, but to live myself out loud, even when it comes to saying hard things in the not friendly spaces that I find myself, putting myself more times than not in the line of fire. So what is our, perp- what is our response when we are in the line of fire, if we are people of faith? What is our responsibility? Do we go turtle? Do we yank in all our limbs and retreat to our hard shell of safety? Or do we stand in all that we know and are? There is, of course, the famous Micah 6-8 response, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. And there are just words until you have to activate them. And what about that mercy part? One of the things that has been particularly troubling for me is the lack of mercy, the seeming lack of knowledge of what Jesus might say or do in these troubling times. So I'm going to make a leap here and assume that if you're listening to this particular podcast, then you have a bit of Bible knowledge under your belt. So Jesus also lived during troubling times. There was clearly a great gap between rich and poor. There was an imbalance of power between the common people and the religious and political structure. Women had no rights at all. And along comes Jesus speaking truth to power, exposing hypocrisy, breaking all the dogma rules, you know, like doing work on the Sabbath, work like uh, rescuing the donkey that fell into the pit, or work like healing sick people and feeding hungry people on the Sabbath, living his life, actualizing his mission. And then after all that, adding insult to injury after they arrested him and on, on trumped up charges, beat him, hung him on a tree, had the nerve to forgive them from that tree. That is the ultimate example of being faithful in the line of fire loving in ways that stay truthful to yourself and to your mission at the same time, extending the hand of grace, which might look like patience might look like taking the time to explain might look like taking the time to share knowledge might look like taking the time to point people to more reliable news sources, please. And thank you might look like, extending a loving response in the face of hate. It certainly does not require laying down your life in the same way Jesus did. That work is done forever, finished. It's up to us now, those of us who call ourselves his followers, to lead the way of grace, to show what justice looks like, to model the way of sacrificial love, to stand in the truth of all that we are and all that we know and create good, whatever that looks like in these troubling times, it's up to us to create love. Even if love means saying hard things, 
even if love means standing up for what we know to be true, what we know to be just, what we know to be right, even if our voice shakes and our knees wobble, we will never regret not having done our part. We will never regret not having suited up to accomplish our mission, our purpose for being on the planet. Our mission is to be totally and completely ourselves because God called that good. So go and be that. A troubled time needs all of us to be and do all the good we can, even if, even when, especially if and when it feels uncomfortable. For it is in that precious space change happens, good happens, love happens, grace happens. Go and live out your mission. You and only you are uniquely qualified to do it. Some of us, some of us, some of you may need a little help figuring that out. Message me. Maybe I can help. That's all for now, though. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. This is Finding Faith.